Christmas is forgiving. And if you're like me, uh, we uh, are uh, contending with the fact that there's just a lot going on. And you find yourselves here right now still. How many of you guys are still dealing with the hustle and the bustle? First time ever in, our, in my married life, I think, my wife is usually very astute about making sure shopping and things are done. You know what I mean? You know when Rachel and I started shopping just because of how the year has been for us since the all fall has been really crazy for us? Wednesday. We started, we started Wednesday. Wednesday evening, as a matter of fact. Late Wednesday evening, we, we started um, trying to catch up with all that. And so, and I, I tried to get some things done both for the church yesterday afternoon and some personal stuff shopping because uh, I haven't been out doing any of that, even for my wife. And so it was kind of, and I got out in the hustle and the bustle. There's some things left undone in my, in my own life as I approach the next few days. How many of you guys are facing some things that are left undone? Not quite as they ought to be. Um, how about some of you still connected? How about the lines and the traffic? I went into one store yesterday, and I, I, I didn't know what to anticipate, and there was a line at all the cash registers going straight out to the, like to the far reaches of the store. And I said, you guys don't look, I talked to the cash register attendant, she said, I said, you don't look real busy. She said, this is as slow as it's been all day. At one point, they were down the aisleway and back that way, almost to the very back of the store, and I went, wow. How many of you guys have visited the Walmart's parking lot over the last couple of days? Anybody been there? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, the line just trying to get out of there. The traffic, like clear past the gas station, clear almost to like where they have those recyclable things, recyclable receptacle things, you know what I mean? And so we find ourselves kind of still kind of dealing with that. You know what? But some of us are still dealing with a hurt or family connection or the dread of an interaction we're going to have over the next few days. We're still continuing dealing with all the hustle and the bustle and the lines and the wrapping and the we're dealing with still just stuff. There's loss, maybe there's lack, there's just things that are going on that are heavy. Some of you, I know, some of you have been, been dealing with physical issues and st- stuff over the last few days. Kathy, it's good to see you up and up and well. Kathy had a real quick bout with. Uh, some kidney stones and some quick surgery, and is here with us this morning. Paul's been in the hospital this week, uh, facing some things physically he didn't anticipate having to deal with, and all that kind of stuff, and just a lot contending with, isn't there? You know, I want to encourage you that that God's here to help us deal with that. You guys ever get frustrated with the people in your life? Come on, be honest. How many are frustrated with people in your life? Blood relatives or otherwise. Come on. We can be honest in here. How many of you right now there's something eating at you because you let somebody borrow something and you haven't yet got it back and you know you've got to chase them down to get it? Anybody like that? How many have had that happen recently or, or, or going on? How many have ever had that happen? Huh? Let somebody borrow something, never got it back. Come on. How many of you have been the person on the other end of that? Who borrowed something and didn't get it back? Anybody want to? You know, I look around there and I just see one, one honest hand. There's a lot less hands going up right now. Do you know why? 
because we more easily recollect the hurt somebody's inflicted upon us than the hurt we've inflicted on other people. Just something that simple. Look around the room, everybody's laughing at you. I know it's about like that. And the minute I ask if we've done that to somebody else, I don't, I don't. as some politicians would say, I, I don't recall. I, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, rem- I don't remember, I don't remember that. Am I right? My memory escapes me for some sudden reason, right? And most of us will deal with some sort of tension as a result of that and not even necessarily know how to convey it or relate it or deal with it. The thing about Christmas is for giving. Uh, there's the presents here and there and the trees and it is for giving, but it's also for giving. It's to give and receive forgiveness. The story of Jesus, the coming of the, 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 the baby in the manger is about the story of forgiveness. And so this morning, we're going to talk about how to initiate that process. Um, we started last week, Matthew 1.18. Matthew 1.18, Jesus, uh, talking about this, uh, Jesus, I talked about this story with Joseph, had to do with the very issue of forgiveness, and, and, and wonder what, what Mary, his future wife, was into because suddenly she pops up pregnant. How you deal with that? Oh, my. And how in the storyline as it reads in Matthew 1, God says something very specific about the person of Christ. It's very appropriate. Patrick's not around, um, to sing Blessed Be the Name because it is about the name. You know, all morning I've been thinking about the thought of Emmanuel. One surprise is that he shall be called Emmanuel, which is being translated is God with us. And I wonder um, if we really recognize it. It's, it's, it's a blessing to call on that name. In Matthew 1.18, the Scriptures tell us, that he shall have, and she shall have a son. You're going to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And we, we talked about that word save means to recover and restore. We talked about, there's three Old Testament words that talk about that whole idea of forgiveness, and it means atonement. It means to lift and carry, and it means actually just to, to, just to forgive. We talked about that, that John said Jesus had come to lift and carry. He was the Lamb of God who takes away, who lifts and carries the sin of the world. But at the same time, some of you maybe this week have still yet maybe tried to take the admonition of the Scripture and tried to make things right where you know you needed to forgive somebody. In fact, this morning I was praying during prayer meeting, and I saw a hand that had been, that had been injured, and there was blood kind of coming out of the palm of the hand. And I saw it jerk back. And I believe maybe some of you, maybe this week, took it upon yourself to take the, the principle, the idea of Scripture, about this idea of forgiveness and extend it only to find that the person you were extending that to suddenly lashed out at you. And suddenly that extension of grace, that extension of forgiveness had to be, be, was a cause for recoil because 
There was an injury you suffered at a chance at trying to make things right. Or maybe you saw a need this week in the life of someone, and you thought, you know what, I'm going I'm to do something significant. I'm going to help them, only to find it angered them and frustrated them, and they lashed out at you. You know what I would encourage you? The story of Christmas is the fact that Jesus just keeps giving and giving and giving. Don't recoil that hand. Don't pull that back. Keep extending grace. Keep extending love. Keep extending mercy, because that is the story of forgiveness. That is the story of Christmas. That is the gospel of Christ. Yes. You know what? God did something very significant in, in, in this Jesus coming to us. He, he chose to do something that, that none of us would have done. We're talking about initiating forgiveness. I want to talk to you about initi- starting the process. You know what Jesus did? He did not wait for us to come to him. He initiated the process. He stopped what he was doing in heaven. He stopped fulfilling his role as the son of the most high God. He took off, the, the Bible says in Philippians 2, he removed the cloak of his, God, his godhood and came and put on the cloak of humanity. He stopped what he was doing and he dropped down to us and he gave himself for us. Heard a lot about the house fires, haven't we? Over the last few weeks all the cold weather and stuff like that. When you're a kid, when, they, when, 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 when they're training you in fire safety, when you find yourself calling fire, what do they, what do they tell you to do? What are, what are the three words? Stop, drop, and roll, right? Well, today, we will find, today we're going to talk about three, other, three, three, three very similar concepts, okay? When you're on fire, there's certain things you should do to, to take care of that. When your relationships are messed up, when things aren't quite what they ought to be, there are three things you can do to get that ironed out. And it's just mimicking, it's imitating the person of Christ. He stopped what was going on, what was normal, what was every day for him. He stopped doing that. He dropped down to where we were, and he gave himself. So today we're going to talk about stop, drop, and give. You say that with me. Stop, drop, and give. Matthew 5, I only want to talk about the person of Christ coming to do that. In fact, like Philippians 2 talks about. We're talking about his words, his instruction. See, the greatest thing about the Christmas gift is Jesus came to be incarnated. God came to earth. He became Emmanuel with us. The best thing about this opportunity of Christmas is not to celebrate a baby that did come. It's to celebrate a Savior who has come, who lives on the inside of us. And the best way to celebrate the Christmas story is to live like he would live, to do what he would do, to imitate him and be him in this planet, in this time, at this moment of our lives. That is the best thing we can do. God's, I told you last week, Dr. Emerson Agrich is when find families who are, who are, who are at, at, at a place of discord. Let the one of you who thinks you're the most sure begin the process. Today, I would encourage you, the one who wants to be most like the person of Christ, begin the process. If your desire, your hope is that the message of the gospel will be preached around the world, you can start that today by preaching it. I don't mean like, like, like standing up with a sermon and a notebook and giving three points and that kind of thing. I mean by proclaiming it by the way that you live and carrying out in obedience the things God has already put in his word. 
And so today, we're going to look at the words of Christ from Matthew chapter 5. We're going to dissect a piece of Scripture and offer the best Christmas gift we can offer is by initiating forgiveness, initiating the process. Look at Matthew chapter 5 with me. Verse 23 and 24 and 25. So, he says, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifices to God. You drop down to verse 25 and you'll see similar words. It'll say, settle your differences quickly. You know, we talk a lot about family during Christmas. You know, I, I talked to a police officer over the last few weeks, Sean, Sean Bear. And he says he sees more devastation. He had, he had a situation this week where a baby was lost, died. They had an, another attempted murder or suicide. They're not sure which. An armed robbery all in a 24-hour period. You know what that tells me? There's desperation in the lives of people. There is hurt. There is, wow, there is just depravity. And a lot of it stems back to just broken down relationships. Well, many of us, like, one, one of the issues we have when reconciling ourselves with people is this. We judge ourselves by our intentions. We know what we intended what we meant by things we said or actions we took or things we didn't do or whatever. You know what I mean? We, and we judge, we judge ourselves by those intentions. You know what we do with other people, though? We, we judge them by their actions, never really necessarily considering their intentions. We judge ourselves by our actions. We judge others by their intentions. I mean, we judge, we judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge, judge others by their actions. Is that true? How many times have you judged somebody for doing something and then found out later their heart and their intent was exactly the opposite of what you picked up on? Think about this. One of the greatest things we find having problems in families are, are, are kids and their relationship with their dad. Is that right? How many times have you heard a dad say, hear about a kid who's had immense frustration with their dad and then you talk to their dad and their dad says, well, they know I love them. And what you heard from the kid is, mm, probably not. The dad had good intentions, but his actions. Am I right, dad? You ever had that go on? I, well, he, they know. They know. They know. They know I love them. They, and the kid's like, I don't see it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, get, I, don't, I don't know. You hear what I mean? And so when we're talking about this issue of forgiveness, when we're talking about that, we need to stop and acknowledge those we've hurt. He, Jesus says, so if you're presenting your, 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 your sacrifices at the altar in the temple, and suddenly, he says, and suddenly you remember that someone has something against you. Also, there, there, there's an arrestment that takes place. There's, a, there's an arresting situation where you're going about, and something, it just ha- everything has to stop. 
I talked last week about us towards, I don't know which service, but maybe it was both service, about how, I think it was second service, we talked, I, I, I just hit me all of a sudden, how dare we sing Christmas carols about the forgiveness and the grace and the saving power of Christ and not act that out. You know what I mean? How, how dare we gather to give Christmas gifts and give a gift, but at the same time in our heart is still garbage and trash. What we can do is stop all that placating. Stop all of that and acknowledge that there is a problem. Acknowledge. If we judge ourselves by our, act, by, by our, by our intention and others by our actions, by their actions, we got a, ourselves a problem. It's easy to do and we fall into that. Last week I asked you to think about the person who had harmed you. And I asked you to pray some things about them. Remember that? Pray that God would do what first? Heal their hurt. You know what that means? You acknowledge that probably if they've harmed you, there's probably something going on in their life. I ask you to ask God to show his forgiveness in their life. And I said, I ask you also to, I didn't ask you, the word of God asked you to do that. I said, the word of God commands you. I just asked. Isn't that true? Stop and acknowledge that we have harmed other people. Who, who, who is it that you've hurt? What is that tool or that thing you've borrowed that you've not gotten back yet? Who is it that is in your life right now that you are the person who has done something to bring frustration and your intentions may have been right and I don't deny that they probably were, but they're maybe picking up something completely different in your actions. And this is not a big, happy, joyous Christmas message. This is real, people. Because all of us will be in situations probably over the next, not all of us, most, many of us will be in situations over the next week where we're just trying to get through. And where I'm tired of just getting through. I'm tired of just acting like things are okay when things are not okay. I'm tired of having to contend with families that are broken and messed up. This is real. And if you want, to, want, want Christmas at your place to be different, Christmas in your family to be different, Christmas in your workplace to be different, if you want, then this is how you begin the process. We were hoping to see wise men and magi and all that stuff this morning and talk about, ooh, glory to God in the highest. Listen, you want the, the praise of God to be sung. Begin to see God work through you and in you to bring forgiveness and hope and restoration to the lives of people around you. And it will be different. And those praises will be sung. And the, 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 the glory to God in the highest will take place. And you know what will happen? Most likely, the transformation of a life and the eternal destiny of the person will probably be altered as a result of that. What greater Christmas event could ever happen? Are you with me? Wow. Stop and acknowledge that maybe we have hurt someone. Who have I hurt? The, the quick question is here, how, how, have I, how have I done that? If you're singing Christmas carols this week, you're out shopping in a line something comes to your mind it's probably time to deal with it that brings us to the next point you need to drop everything and make it right stop and acknowledge that there's something wrong number two drop everything drop everything and make it right that's what Jesus did 
He stopped and he dropped. He literally came from heaven to earth. He did that. He did everything he could to make it right. Drop and get it right. It says here, leave your sacrifice. And then goes on in verse 25 and says, settle your differences quickly. Wow. How do, how do I do that? Listen, listen to Proverbs 6, 2. If you have been trapped by what you have said, then do this to free yourself. Get those words. You know what's really funny? Mary's probably praying back there, I suppose. But Oh, that's right. Mary prayed this morning. She had no idea what the message was. I, mean, I don't know that she saw the notes or something before her, but we were praying. She said, she said, I pray about people who've made vows this year, and during the course of the year they were really good at one point and they didn't come through, and then suddenly it came back. It says here, when your words, when you're trapped by what you said, then do this to free yourself. Maybe some of you right now are in a place where you know you've said you'd come through on something, you'd do something, you Take care of this or take care of that. You know somebody's frustrated with you because of it. And you know you've got to face it this week because they're going to be at the shindig and, and all that. What, what is a shindig anyway? I never What is a shin and how do you dig them? I don't know. I started thinking that about that one time. We were driving past our house and I, I, I just kind of, wanted, I, I kind of flippantly like have these things that just come to my mind. And I remember asking my daughters, I said, you ever dug shins before? And their kids were like, what? What are you talking about, Dad? And we were driving past this house, and, like, the whole yard was full of cars. I said, they're having a shindig over there. You want to go dig some with them? And they're like, what is a shin, what is a shin and how do you dig one? I don't know. You're having a shindig this week at your place or with your family or at your workplace. Maybe you, there's a coworker that, there's just something not right, and you've been trapped by something you said, a promise to her. Do this to free yourselves. He says, go and humble yourself. Flee with your neighbor. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids, and free yourself. How do I do that? Well, the very first thing you do it, my, my, wife, my wife got real tickled. Last week we had that appreciation interval of everybody who volunteers and staff, volunteers here in ministry in some regular basis on a, on a thing and, and have dinner. And, and we had a group of teenagers right smack in the front of the, the room, right in front of the, the main stage area. You know what they were doing the whole time? And they were texting each other across the table. Look at her and laugh. These things are great pieces of technology. Email is a wonderful way of getting some information across. But can I say something? It's a horrible way to fix a relationship. And if you think you're having a relationship because you're typing in some words in a keyboard or onto a phone or something, and that makes, it's probably a facade of a relationship at best. Are you hearing me? I think it's good. I mean, I, I, I use it pretty frequently when I know somebody's in something I need to get some information across to them. I'll send, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. But I don't, I don't deal with any real issues with these things. I try not to. 
Are you hearing me? One of the first ways you deal with this, these kinds of circumstances is you do it face to face. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 2, he says, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. It had a different ring than Paul said. You know, Peter was wrong, so I texted him. Kind of misses it, doesn't it? Huh? Peter was wrong, so I sent him an email. Right? And for those of you who, who, who are not quite up to, you know, 2010 or whatever, Peter was wrong, so I wrote him a letter. You know what I mean? Just doesn't quite, just doesn't quite work it out, does it? Do it face to face. Do it from the heart. One of the best things you can probably do is when you're gathered Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever before you eat because let me step out here in the garage for just a minute. I got something I need to share with you. You could radically change the whole situation. The whole family gathering by doing that. All of us have garbage like that somewhere lurking around our lives. Some of us it might be at the table at work or somewhere do it face to face. Then you need to say certain things like, I'm sorry, I have hurt you. Look at this. It's called confession. I will say if we confess our faults one to another, we might be that we will be what? Healed, right? Mm-hmm. You know what else we need to do? We need to ask the question. Not only acknowledge that I'm wrong. Not only acknowledge I'm having problems, but acknowledge the fact that to ask the question, will you forgive me? Will you extend grace into my life? I know I don't deserve it. I know I hurt you really badly. I know things aren't what they should be. I know that. And then get on with life. Get on with dinner. Well, what if I do that? And like the person there and you saw, they get hit with something they don't want and they're injured. I encourage you to do something. I can't guarantee you every person's going to respond correctly. I can't. One thing you should do is, 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 is the scriptures tell us to do it quickly. The Bible says, matter of fact, the Bible says we should deal with those things as fast as we can. It tells us that we shouldn't even let the sun go down in our wrath. Some of you, uh, can I alleviate some things from you? Some of you think it's wrong to be, it's sinful to be angry. Immediately if you get angry, you think you become unchristlike. You know what? Anger in itself is not a sin. You can't find it on the list. Go look down there and it says, thou shalt not be angry. Do you find that anywhere in the scripture? Paul writes, be angry and don't sin. Almost like he commands us. Sometimes anger, if we'll use it correctly, will become a good motivator for us to get some things contended with. It's how we respond to anger is when it becomes wrong. There's nothing wrong with being angry in and of itself. Jesus committed no sin and operated out of anger in the temple. 
flipped tables over, grabbed a whip, and the man went crazy in the temple, and he committed no sin. Are you hearing me? Because there was righteousness attached to that anger. You can see the hurt that's been inflicted and become angry about that. That is okay, especially if it motivates you to do something correct to fix it, as the person of Christ would have. Are you hearing me? Do it as quickly, confront it as quickly as you possibly can. At the same time, I would encourage you to walk in balance. And I would say, Lord, give me the opportunity. But let there be a place where I can have a chance to make this right. You know what? We, the last part is you need to do your part. And even if they don't respond, trust God to do his part. Listen to these words from Romans 12. If it is possible, creating the idea that it may not be possible, there are circumstances it will not be fixed. Are you hearing me? Jesus says, Paul, Jesus to the person of Paul, writing this letter to the Romans, says this. If it is possible, then he attached another little phrase to it. As much as it depends on you, not on them, as much as it depends on you, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Other words, do your part. Let me take care of the rest. You do what you, what you know I'm calling you to do. Let me take care of the other details of life. How many of you guys ever faced someone and tried to fix things that just wasn't fixable? Ever been there? There are times. Sometimes, some of us have sat back and said, it's just not fixable. I never tried. That's wrong. Are you hearing me? I've never tried. We are to stop and acknowledge that we are a part of the problem. We are to drop everything to try and get it together. And we are to give. Give our hearts and our gifts to God. Because God never alleviates that from us. He didn't say leave your gift and forget about it. He said these words. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifices to God. There's a giving that has to take place. Go and be reconciled, then come, then come and do the giving part of it. I hope that this week, as you are facing the, the delivery of gifts, if there is a contention that exists between you and someone, and you have to and you've got the gift and the name tag and the bow and the frilly stuff hanging off of it, or the whatever, and you're going to I hope these words come rolling back into your Go and be reconciled first, then come give your gift. Drop the gift and go get the situation ironed out. You see what I mean? Are you hearing? And you're harping on this. Yeah, you know what? Because I know too many families. I know too many people who are suffering because of broken down relationships. I hear it. I see it almost every day of my life. Families and friends, co-workers, all the whole night, neighbors and everything. There's just yin-yang constantly going on. The best way you can honor the birth of Christ is to live like him and offer what he offers. And it's not an MP3 player or an iPod or an iPad. It's not a piece of jewelry. It is not 
some stuff from Bath and Body Works. And it's not that toy. It's not the socks and the stocking. I mean, I got, my grandma always gave us socks. Remember that? How many of y'all got socks? Socks and an orange. And it makes me smile even to think about it because I'm in heaven right now. Always got socks and an orange. No, no. But you know what I got from Grandma more anything? We talked about it at the funeral this week. Love and acceptance and forgiveness that was completely 100% unconditional. And that's what made the sock and the orange special. They were just normal everyday tube socks. You know what I mean? And back in those days, they came clear up to here. You remember all the way up to the knees. Yeah. With the stripes, exactly. Uh-huh. You see what I mean? Go and give your gifts. Listen, Romans 12 tells us this. In view of God's mercy, in view, listen to those words, in view, in view of this manger, in view of Emmanuel coming to be with us, in view of Jesus coming to save us from our sins, in view, in view of a Savior who lived and instructed showed us what the Father looked like and died on an ugly cross, came out of a tomb that's now empty. In view, in view of the fact that he's coming again and his reward is with him, in view of that mercy, in view of it, present your body, present your life, present your heart and your gifts to God, which is a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is it. Imagine with me uh, that circumstance. If you want to honor Jesus, the best way, the best way to do that it's not necessarily the gifts you're going to give that are all wrapped and all that nice stuff and frilliness and all that. It's not going to be in, 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 in all the food you're going to show up with or whatever. It's not going to be in just having the right CD playing or, or, or doing. It's not going to be all of that. The best way Christ will be honored is that you give yourself to him and allow yourself to be used in restoring yourself in relationships and him to the lives of other people. That will be the best and most amazing Christmas gift you could ever offer any person on the planet. This Christmas, the Bible says in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. Let me be one of those today. Why don't you com- commission yourself to not wait for the process to start? But to stop, drop, and give. Stop what you're doing that's just placating. Drop everything else that's going on that looks like it might be Christmas-like or Christ-like or whatever. Stop and give all of yourself to Christ. Give all of your hurt to Him. And allow yourself the opportunity to be involved in the restoration process. 
that which was broken down is now restored. That which was torn apart is brought back together. That which has been ripped is mended. That is the story of the gospel. That is the story of Christmas. That is about the babe in a manger and the shepherds and the angels singing and the magi coming. It is about the star in Bethlehem. It is about all that. Let me ask you a question. Who is it you've hurt? Who is it you've frustrated? Who is it that you're not wanting to face and contend with? Who is it you've borrowed from and not given back to? Who is it? How is it that you've accomplished that? How is it you've hurt them? Words you've said or promises you didn't keep, is it? Absence of some capacity or another, is it? What is it? How have you? Because you know what? We have to go there or else we can't fix it. We have to think about them. We have to see their faces. We have to understand how we did that. Will you ask them the question? Will you go to them this week and say, you know what? I need for you to forgive me. I want Forgive me. Will you please forgive me? You do that. You know something I've learned this last, man, I've learned something in the last few weeks for sure, in the last few years of my life. I keep having, maybe I'm not getting it right, I don't know. Life is way too stinking short. Life is too short. This ought to be the last Christmas that you contend with this. You know why? Because there might not be another one. This might be the last time you gather as a family. You know, it became very real to me this week. You know why? Because Wednesday afternoon after my grandmother's funeral, I got 55, I got about 70, almost 80 cousins altogether, ish, counting grandchildren and great-grandchildren of my grandma. All but two of my cousins were in attendance this week and attended a a dinner after the funeral. That's the first time in decades that the, the entirety of us were gathered in one place at one time. You know what my heart began to grieve as we left there? That's probably the last time. That was because you know who the, the common cog in the wheel was? Grandma. She's not here anymore. Wow, that became really like abrupt and evident to me this week. Some of you, you don't know, this might be it. Trust me, life is too short. There's not enough time to keep waiting for something to happen. There's just, life is too short. And it makes no difference how many years. My grandma would have been 88 in January. It was still too short. In a lot of ways, it was still too short. Time. Like Rafiki, the Lion King. It is time. Remember him saying that? It is time. Simba. It is time. The king has returned. Remember him saying that? It is time. 
Imagine, imagine today, imagine how radically different the Christmas season if this weight off of our relationships is gone. Imagine how the world changes with me if we become the instruments of restoration and forgiveness and initiate the process of that. Imagine with me how suddenly maybe there's not this war on Christmas. Maybe people suddenly want to start saying Merry Christmas because they realize what's going on and they appreciate people who are actually living out the Christmas story. Imagine that with me. Today could be the day. Stand with me if you will.